Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace, and they're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie's helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. My latest project, tree trimming for our phone lines into the radio show. I mean, any home improvement you need, Angie can help you find the best price for your project. Angie lets you request and compare quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and in your area. Get started at Angie.com, that's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The app and the website is free to use. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Well, happy, happy hour. Yeah. It's a we happy did it. Up and week. It's a happy up and week for a happy hour, isn't it? It, it, it was a really good week. I Why think. am I saying yes. that? And I can say fucking. Well, yeah. It was a great fucking week. Yeah. It was, right? Yes. It was fucking awesome. We yeah. I, we kicked a white supremacist out of her committees. That was the mm-hmm. shit. Hewing on Betty. Oh, do, 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 do. Oh. Sugar, sugar. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah, bye bye. Hewing on Betty. Off your right. So that was a good week. We had. Take QAnon Veronica with you, you dumb bitch. (laughs) And QAnon Jughead. And not every dream comes true, right? I had suggested earlier that we use uh, Space Force to launch her straight the fuck into the sun. But, you know, that was considered a little radical for some reason. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. The Democrats compromised down. We have Space Force for. Not to, okay. I'm just saying. If not to launch people? Yes. Forget the expulsion committees. Pussy stuff. (laughs) Whatever. Right, right. Okay, and we have uh, some dreams come true, mm-hmm. right, Chris? Yep. We uh, the first woman, the first black, the first Asian American vice president, uh, it, right? Sworn in the first gay yep. cabinet secretary broke the first tie. We did not get Xanadu or a headdress or roller skates. No, it was late at night. It was really, really late. It was too late for that headdress. That is an evening headdress. It is. So okay, so maybe that, that will be upcoming. That she will for the next tiebreaker. She will wear. I, yeah. th- I think she's well aware of our wishes. Some people on Twitter got huffy. They're like, uh, the Stephanie Miller show led us to believe there would be Xanadu and roller skates. <laughs> Are we going to do a disclaimer? You're going to get COVID relief, so just shut yes, the fuck up. exactly. Okay. Uh, and I just, it was a week filled with goodness, right? With uh, I just uh, having a real president uh, standing mm-hmm. up to Putin. So mm-hmm. I just, we, which is why this was the perfect happy hour. We might. Nadia from Pussy Riot interview is uh, we're going to give it to you for happy hour again because so important yeah. and she's so brave, yeah. right? Yep. We just, you know, us marching in our pussy hats, missing brunch. Like we're not getting fucking a <laughs> year hard labor in prison yeah. or getting poisoned, yeah. right? Nadia's working she, to save her bandmates and yes, uh, yeah. all One other of whom political. Is in prison. Right. Marsha's in prison. Yeah. All, and they all arrested 5,000 people. 
Yeah. 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 And so I, we, we just had to feature that again mm -hmm. because I, I'm just so struck by this young woman's bravery. She's 31 years old. Yeah. And uh, doing what she's doing over in Russia. So in honor of that and having right a real president, we have an American president back. Yep. Yes. Right? People aren't having to listen to Sand anymore, Chris. I don't want to play that. This is your serious times, and we need serious people to solve them, and serious people are here now, and we have an American president, is all I'm saying. In the absence of true leadership. We have serious problems Thank to you. solve, and we need serious people to solve them. That's right. Okay, sand. And also sand. And, all, and, sand. and sand. Sand. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, what? Oh, anyway, and then uh, Lori Garrett, who's... Oh. I, I'm like the happy, clappiest liberal in the world, and she's like the doomiest, gloomiest Cassandra mm -hmm. ever, but she's so good, and we it yeah. is on all of us to get real facts and science out there and get everybody masking and vaccinated and mm -hmm. listening to science. We can get over this fucking thing. I haven't been touched by a goddamn human in a year, people. And Lori thinks it might be another year before you can be touched yes, by a human. Yes, she's not, she's not happy, clappy. No, she's not. Lori said get used to it. We're a bunch of dumb motherfuckers. Yeah. Stop being dumb motherfuckers. That is the message of this week's happy hour. <laughs> it could be a lot worse. Have a drink and stop being a... You need a drink to kill a bug up your ass and stop being a dumb motherfucker and wear a mask. Yes. Someone was saying, can you imagine in history, we're going to tell people, like, we had World War II amount of deaths because people wouldn't put a fucking mask over their pie hole mm -hmm, for a mm -hmm. minute. I'm just, I'm in a state. You are in a state. I am in a state. Well, tizzy. Enjoy, uh, listen, you know what I'm having when this COVID is over, Travis? I'm having a pussy riot. That's what I'm having. I think you're having one right now. So I'm having one right now with Nadia and uh, Lori Garrett. Please enjoy and happy, happy hour, everybody. <laughs> exciting is this and i found my yet my president t-shirt just in time <laughs> we toppled our russian dictator now we're going to help them topple theirs nadia from pussy riot joins us now good morning nadia hello how are you doing <laughs> thanks so much for doing this you are one of my sheroes as i texted you you are so brave and thank you so much for taking time for us of course uh it means so much for us right now that you agreed to um help us with exposure for this campaign I mean, I, Nadia, I saved this tweet for you. Someone named Marie here tweeted, people in Russia are rioting to get rid of a dictator. People in the U.S. are rioting to put one in. Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't it ironic what our two countries are going through, right? In, in some senses, we're both still fighting for democracy. Uh, but I mean, we literally got rid of, we feel like we got rid of our Russian dictator president. <laughs> now, you have done... Your bravery and Navalny, who you are fighting for, and your uh, Masha, who is also your uh, friend in Pussy Riot, is in prison in Russia right now. You've done a year hard, to, like hard labor prison, right? Um, yeah, it's been almost two years in prison, uh, two years without two months. We had to be released before uh, the Olympic Games were coming up. Uh, it was 2014, uh, so Putin could not... Um, could not have this bad image of the country. Um, so basically we spent twin, uh, 22 months in jail and uh, I spent one year uh, in uh, the worst, um, in the worst condition ever. Uh, it was a prison where they forced us to work uh, to sue police uniforms. Wow. Mm. Wow. I uh, Seriously, your bravery and Navalny, um, Navalny and his wife 
of course, I, it is extraordinary what's going on in Russia. They arrested, what, 2,700 people? I don't know when that was, just this week. I think it's actually up from that. From yeah, it's up from that. It's but more. That, yeah, more yeah. now. Uh, I've heard about 4,000 people yesterday. Wow. Oh. you where do you and Navalny get that kind of courage? Because I think most Americans are not acquainted with the kind of courage you have and the kind of courage those people in the streets in Russia have. Well, we are facing a serious enemy and uh, the stakes are high. Um, for, as, um, for like right now, Putin has been in power for 20 years. And we know that we're not going to have any bright future if we're not going to get rid of him. So I guess that's where we uh, get the courage because for, uh, for a lot of people, they literally have nothing to lose because they, um, a lot of those young people Kids who show up on the streets, they uh, have not seen anything else but Vladimir Putin. So for everyone who is younger than 20, um, they feel desperate. They want something else. They want Russia to be a normal, uh, progressive European country. We want to travel. We don't want people to be scared of Russians. Um, we, are not, we are not bad. Our government is terrible. That's true. What, so you're 32, right? And you've been doing this a while. You've been an activist and you've been fighting this fight, right? I mean, since you were a baby in your 20s, right? That's right. Yeah, I'm still 31, 31. but I'm an activist since um, 2007. Mm. I started when I was 17 years old, but I started actually to identify myself as a feminist much earlier. I was uh, eight years old and I was a little girl and I didn't like that, um, you know, most of our heroes or historical figures um, that we've been um, taught about in school they were men. Um, so I started from feminism and then I moved to um, ecological movement because I'm from one of the most polluted regions on earth, the city called Merisk, Norilsk. Um, and then I realized that all these problems they have common root and unless Putin and his cronies are going to get out of power, unfortunately we will not achieve um, you know, big changes. Nadia, I've heard you say on TV, on our, our friend Lawrence show and other where other, the one thing I feel like our Trump, you know, our Putin loving ex-president and Putin have in common is they're cowards. And you said that this really works. Putin, international pressure and pressure from America and all of this actually works. He actually cares what people think about him. Right. And and so this is why we're what we're doing, by the way. Rage was just released the video. It already has a zillion views. Um, Chris, we've pushed all this out on social media. Yep, right. Absolutely. Here's what you can do to help uh, Nadia and, and, you know, the cause of freedom in Russia. Post a 10 second campaign. Click use the uh, hashtags free Navalny, free pussy riot, free political prisoners. Attach a link to the full rage video. Write in your own words. I stand with pussy riot. Russia will be free. Um, and what you say is you want to put as much pressure on Putin as humanly possible to make sure he releases all political prisoners. Rage is part of a campaign for the immediate release of Navalny, um, Masha from Pussy Riot, and dozens of others. So I'm asking everybody listening right now to help us and join this cause because it is our cause together, right? What we just did. I wanted you to hear something. Do you have, uh, give me cut uh, 15 again. What does this feel like to you for a Secretary of State of the United States of America finally said this yesterday? The Russian government makes a big mistake if it believes that this is about us. It's not. It's about them. It's about the government. It's about the frustration uh, that the Russian people have with uh, corruption, with kleptocracy. Should the U.S. sanction the backers of Vladimir Putin 
as punishment for what has already happened to Navalny. Actually, we're reviewing a series of Russian actions that are deeply, deeply disturbing. I mean, just to have America on your side again and standing up to Putin, how does that feel? It's incredibly important when when people help, uh, and I believe that without international solidarity, um, solidarity within Russia, obviously, but without international solidarity, we will will not go far because, um, well, this is my philosophy in general, right? We live in a global world, and problems we are facing, they are global. So there are certain issues that just cannot be solved within one country. So I believe um, that we should be like governments or corporations who come together to protect their interests. So we as citizens and activists, we should come together to protect our interests yeah. uh, against authoritarian governments. So any post, um, any um, hashtag, uh, free Navalny, free political prisoners, free Pussyred, will really help. Yeah, and Masha is uh, your... your uh, um cohort in Pussy Riot is currently under house arrest for posting a social media about the protests in support of Navalny and of course participating That's in protests. Insane. And yeah. she faces two years in jail. I mean, again, the courage that you got, and I love the way the parallel you drew. You said, imagine Trump stayed in office for the second time. Imagine if the overthrow here was successful and he jailed AOC and her supporters. What's happening in Russia is outrageous and unacceptable. Putin must go. He's just one insane, sad, lonely, corrupted man who's dangerous for society. I mean, same as Trump. No wonder Trump loved him so much, right? I mean, you saw that, right? The Putin puppet thing. He was Putin's puppet. And that must have been terribly dispiriting for people like you it, it was incredibly dispiriting even uh, when in 2016 i realized for the first time that people are actually seriously considering to elect donald trump as president um i was i was shocked i was shocked yeah. um but you know i'm really glad that you guys got rid of him i really hope that we will be able to get rid of putin um, and it looks like it will happen at some point. You know, nobody can predict what's going to happen. It, feel, it feels like the good guys are starting to win. So I'm hoping it it, <laughs> it follows over to Russia. Um, I got I really to hope so. <laughs> yeah, I have to ask you. Uh, so uh, the, you've been obviously a member of the, they call it an anarchist feminist group, Pussy Riot. Um, but obviously a long history of political activism. I love this one. In 2012, you were condi- convicted of hooliganism motivated by religious <laughs> hatred after a performance in the Moscow Cathedral, which we all saw, um, and sent to two years in prison. Um, right, and then that that's where you did, you know, hard labor. And, I mean, this this the fact that you do not show fear in the face of Putin must be really motivating these millions of Russians over there. Oh, honestly, I do have a lot of fear. But I think it's... Um, it's a human thing to have fear, right? Like what we figured out uh, over years of fighting against Putin, fighting against the whole government machine is that you have to be able to control your fear and work with your fear. Uh, but the fear is it's always there. Like we're not robots, we are humans. But um, I believe that Navalny, who was going back to Russia on the 17th of January, when he knew, he knew that he's going to go to jail after he was almost murdered. I'm sure he was afraid, but he knew that uh, he has to he has to commit this uh, action. He has to make this gesture in order to bring changes in his country. 
Here's here's something else we have in common. You were accused of uh, promoting uh, gay propaganda. Um, we're all gay, Nadia. So this whole show is gay propaganda. I just want you to know. So <laughs> I love it so much. I love it. <laughs> it was so funny. They um, they accused us of gay propaganda before seeing the video. So we've shown the video, uh, we've done the video a year ago in February two thousand twenty, before. COVID. So that's why you can see in the video that we are still you know, dancing with each other and we have like uh, this um, slam situation going on. So it's completely, it looks like from another planet right now, right? Um, no mosh pits for over a year. Um, so yeah, they didn't know at the time what what is the video about. They just assume that everything the Pusara does is gay propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. Which, well, you know, I'm listen, not really if, mad about it. I'm mad about criminalizing it. Yes, I'm, I'm all for gay propaganda. You know what? If if <laughs> Trump had won again, you and I would be in the same prison for gay propaganda. <laughs> 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 Let me talk to me about Rage. I love the video. You just sent it to me last night. Um, so Rage was filmed in February 2020. It originally was going to be released with Pussy Riot's debut studio album, Rage, later this year. The recent wave of political repressions led to a decision and the urgent need to release the video sooner and dedicated to all political prisoners in Russia. It is Pussy Riot's only weapon against the authoritative oppressive regime, Art. By sharing this video as well, you help us stand against Putin. So tell us, first of all, the description is perfect. Rage is about what feels like, what it feels like being an enemy of the state and a heretic in your own homeland, about pain and depression it may cause, about jail cells and police batons, about people finally refusing to obey and expressing their rage at last. I got to tell you, this feels a lot to me like a lot that's going on in America as well about police brutality and all of that. It was filmed, but talk to us. It was filmed over 200 LGBT feminist anti-authoritarian Russian activists participated in the shoot. The studio was raided by police shortly after you started filming. It was edited from bits and pieces of what Pussy Riot was able to film before being interrupted. The police cut off the electricity in the building. They blocked the roads around the studio. And then it accused you of uh, gay propaganda. So tell us about that whole experience and the making of, of Rage. It was a crazy experience. Um, I still have goosebumps when I, um, when I think about that experience because uh, it was a combination of uh, really positive and really negative emotions. Those 200 plus amazing activists who came together to participate in that shoot, um, they... Um, they were like the best that Russia can offer. And all those cops who raided the studio, who cut off the electricity and heating in February in Russia, um, and they represent the worst that Russia has to offer. So these two worlds collided when we uh, were filming Besit, um, which is Russian name for rage. And um, though initially we were really traumatized by the fact that our art piece was destroyed, we were not able to film 90% of what we planned. So basically what you see right now is it literally bits and pieces. It really had um, a proper storyline. It had so much more. Uh, we had so much more to show you, but we couldn't because we were thrown out of the uh, the studio that we paid for by the police and being accused of gay propaganda. And then later we were jailed for five hours. So editing the video, I was feeling a lot of pain because I knew that like so many, so many 
um, amazing shots were not done. But in the end of the story, I feel like um, the whole story about this video is really saying by itself. And it only shows us more um, the the cops rate of um, artists who are trying to film a music video. It shows us more face of Putin's Russia and why we have to fight against it yeah. and why we are enraged. Please join uh, Nadia's army and fight for freedom here. Um, you, I, I love it. You said 13 activists were detained as a result of us filming this video. We were accused of gay propaganda. We made it anyway. We release it today and dedicate it to all Russian political prisoners. Subscribe to our YouTube to see it first. And Nadia, tell us all again all the ways we can help and all our listeners and viewers can uh, join your fight. Um, well, you can support this current campaign um, that we started with releasing video Rage. Um, you can share the video. Um, write hashtags, free Navalny, free Pussy Red, Russia will be free, and rage hashtag. Um, post, um, post clips and pieces from the video. Uh, but also, in the broader sense, you can also talk um, you can also talk to people around you about the importance of being involved in political um, in political fight, yeah. uh, including fight for um, the release of prisoners in Russia. I'm supporting you. I could not find my dance like Russia isn't watching T-shirt, but I did find my Nyet my president T-shirt because Donald Trump is Nyet my president. And we Here hope that go. Vladimir Putin, <laughs> yeah, that Vladimir Putin will be Nyet your president as well. <laughs> you know, another thing uh, that you really can um, do to help is pretty easy. Um, watch the video of Navalny about Putin's palace. Okay. And yes. share this video with your friends. You will see how incredibly stupid, petty, and corrupted um, this man is who is ruling my country for 20 years. You are brave and beautiful, and we salute you, and we are with you in your fight. And please come back anytime and tell us how we can help, and we will try to help keep the eyes of the world on what is happening yes. there. Nadia, thanks so much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. It was an honor. Thanks so much, Nadia. Okay, there she goes, Nadia Pussy Riot. Did you see? I didn't even attempt her last name because I would have totally screwed that up. That's right. But <laughs> it's on all it's on all our social media, and we'll be right back. Got an exciting new company to tell you about, Icier. That's A-I-S-I-E-R. Ooh, it is luxurious modern sleepwear for the independent women. Their sleepwear is made from wait for it, 100% washable silk. Silk is known to reduce skin surface moisture, loss, limit skin irritations. Best of all, it's comfortable, so lightweight, it feels like a second skin. Keep you warm in the winter and cool in the summer. It's a fabric that loves your skin all year round. In every type of weather, wearing silk to sleep is simply therapy at night. Iser is owned by a single mom. Their products are made right here in California. You can feel good about supporting a small business delivering high-quality products. Now is the perfect time. Treat yourself or a loved one to something extra special to sleep and lounge in. During Iser's Valentine's sale go to shop slash discount slash stephanie that discount code is stephanie for 10 percent off your order that's shop aisier.com slash discount slash stephanie that code is stephanie 10 percent off your order that's icier aisier.com Oh, this is so exciting. I just It's the only guest I see on TV that I immediately start taking notes. So I know because I learned so much. Um, it, Pulitzer Prize winning science writer and her titles and awards are too numerous to mention. Or it would take up the whole show. Hi, Lori Garrett. Good morning. 
Hello, Stephanie. You know, you're the only person that brings always such bad news, and I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's a mutation. Let's get Lori Garrett. <laughs> but this is a yeah, good morning. That I, that's the, the problem with being labeled a Cassandra. You're often predicting things people don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like, oh, yeah, let's invite her to the party. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it is relatively good news day, right, with Johnson & Johnson. So Johnson & Johnson is si- signed up yesterday for emergency approval for their vaccine. Um, we were just saying that it's hilarious for people that have no access to a vaccine yet. I'm getting all persnickety already. I'm like, I want the Moderna or Pfizer because that's 90 something. Can you talk to us? Because everybody, of course, every scientist says just shut up and take whatever one you can get. So talk to us about those percentages and what they mean. So they're saying um, Johnson & Johnson is 86, uh, excuse me, 80, 66% effective at preventing moderate and severe cases of COVID, but 85% effective at uh, preventing the virus's most serious symptoms. Um, like some other vaccines, it's less effective against the new strain of that's from South Africa, the 50, just 57% effective against that mutation. But talk to us about the difference. I know it's like it doesn't need to be stored at such cold temperatures that you only need one shot. So talk to us about this new one. Well, for some time I've been saying that the real problem we were going to have as we went into the spring is that we'd have too many vaccines and people would be very confused. Which ones do I take twice? Which ones do I take once? Which ones do I prefer? Which is better for me at my age group or my risk group or what have you? And um, in addition to confusion in the public, that there would be confusion for the vaccinators. Would they remember this is a two-dose one, 21 days apart. This is a two-dose one, 28 days apart. This is a one-dose one. This goes in a deep freeze. This goes in a fridge. This goes in the styrofoam box, etc. And we will have Certainly by April, we will have at least two more vaccines approved and in use in the United States, further complicating all of this. The bottom line for the consumer is that it's very unlikely you will have any choice. You will get to your vaccine spot and you will get injected with whatever it is. So we will get a big Uh, cup of STFU with our vaccine. Yes. (laughs) Right. A big what? (laughs) A big big cup of uh, shut the up is what we will get with our vaccine yes yes i see yes we'll like it yeah. well i mean you'll show the problem with the way we're doing distribution right now is that even the sites don't know what vaccines they're going to receive any given day is it a are we getting a pile of pfizer's today a pile of moderna's right uh sometime soon it may be a pile of johnson and johnson's they don't actually know before the stuff arrives and then based on whether it's the pfizer which requires deep freeze or the Moderna, which is has to be very cold, but not as cold. Uh, they have to rush rapidly from the moment they put them out of the freezer to get them into arms so that they right. don't end up having the vaccines go bad. Right. So um, the Johnson I- & Johnson asset, mm-hmm. it's much less effective than the Moderna or Pfizer yeah, vaccine. We're, we're talking 66% as opposed to 95%, correct? Yes. Well, yeah. a third less effective. Um, but it, its assets are one dose is sufficient to give you that level of protection, um, which makes it a lot easier to use in uh, very hard to reach areas. Uh, so if you're out in the middle of the Navajo Nation, that might be an easier vaccine to use than one that requires that you come all the way back out again uh, for a second dosing. 
The other asset is that it's can be stored the way you store any vaccines. You don't need any special equipment. You it it can survive on tabletop for a considerable amount of time. Um, so it's easier to handle, easier to transport, easier to administer because it's a single dose. However, uh, for those who are really in at-risk situations, I think the 95% level of protection would be preferred. Now, keep in mind, you don't get that 95% level of protection unless you get both doses. If you only go with the one dose, the Israeli data shows that you can have as low as 30% protection. Oh, wow. Uh, which is so really lousy. All th- this will be exciting to no you. This will be exciting to you as a science writer. All three of us have had COVID, uh, Chris and Travis and I, so we've just recovered. But so that was the latest thing is they're saying we only need one shot, perhaps. So would it make a difference if for us to get the Johnson & Johnson? Or uh, you know, what, what about the, the ones that are two shot, but you've already had COVID and already presumably have some antibodies? Right. So see, this is all part of the complications that I'm talking about. Um, and frankly, when you get to the ground, most of the providers would be as confused as you are. And they will be going with whatever their boss told them is the yeah. answer. Yeah. Um, as best as we can tell, uh, and there's some pretty good studies now looking at this, if you've recently survived COVID, you can get by with a single dose vaccine. Uh, and you will, it will act like a booster to your already existing immune response. So you'll just see your immune response ratchet up right. after a single dose. So in a way, you've already had your first vaccine. And right. now you will you will get a booster. Let's talk about these variants. Dr. Redliner told us yesterday that you know those of us that had COVID are probably less likely to catch a variant. So I mean, we have some immunity, just like the vaccine offers some immunity, but not total immunity against the variants, right? I'm not sure how he knows that. Um, because I, the data I'm seeing, uh, particularly out of South Africa, shows people getting reinfected. Yeah. So the var- the oh, with the South with African, the re- yeah. yeah. The reason the variants matter is that they alter the outer spike that sticks up on the outside of the, the sort of spherical uh, virus. And that spike is serves two really important functions. One function is it attaches to the doorknob on the outside of the cells of your body, turns the doorknob, opens the door and lets the virus get in and infect your cells. So that's its primary reason for being there. But the secondary is that that spike has proteins on it that your immune system recognizes and says, wait a second, and comes at it with antibodies. So if the spike changes, in some way, even just its shape, mm-hmm. not particularly in any functional way, just it gets a little crook in it, say what's called a proline uh, amino acid might get in there and make it go crooked or make it disappear and then make it go straight, whatever, those little changes make all the difference in whether or not your antibodies can see the virus. Mm-hmm. And so what we're seeing now with um, these various variants, and we now have many i mean there's like a dozen out there already fantastic um including in your area a specific california variant yeah. oh that's that great great news nasty. see you know we have uh, dr redliner on and then when we want worse news we have you on as well yeah when we're <laughs> well, like oh see, dr doom is too sunny we need some worse news <laughs> <laughs> well what's happening with these variants is some of them um they have different effects on your body and different effects on your immune system the south african one is the one that we're the most concerned about because it does seem to both make the virus 
more transmissible, easier to spread, right. um, and also make it easy to evade your primary neutralizing antibodies. So uh, in South Africa, they are seeing people who had COVID uh, months ago from the old strains, and now they're getting reinfected with the variant strains. Wow. So it means that the immunity their old strains conjured inside their bodies was insufficient to block the virus when it came back a second time. So, <clears throat> Lori, that's why obviously Dr. Fauci and others say that's why it makes it even more important, the variants, makes it more important that we get everybody vaccinated. Um, we're in a and, race. Stephanie, yeah. we're in a race. Yeah, go ahead. That's the only way to think about it. And especially, boy, folks in California, your race is, you're running with one leg tied up, you know, at your back. You're on a peg leg in California. Yeah. You, but we are in a race against these variants. We have to get a critical mass of our population infected and immunized before the variants begin to take over. And we don't have a lot of time. I mean, I was looking at the data from uh, GISAID, which is this data bank that has more than 400,000 genome sequences of all different COVID viruses that have appeared in the last year from all over the world. and. Um, what they show is that in early December, the first variant showed up in the UK, and by about the second week of December, it was roughly about six or seven percent of all the strains circulating in the UK were that variant. But flash forward to January, just four weeks later, and it was 80 percent of all infections were that variant. In South Africa, in about the same amount of time, in six weeks, it went all the way to 100%. So every single South African infection now is with the variant. And the Brazil example in Manaus in the Amazon, where they're, they're seeing a devastating epidemic right now, completely out of control. And there again, the variant has taken over to the point where it's 100% of all infections. So the B117, which is the UK variant, uh, we now have it in at least 28 US states. And those are just the 28 states that have the capacity to look. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of states that just aren't even doing genome searching. And so they don't, we don't really know what's going on. Well, and you, um, and so it's, we can pretty much look at the other countries and say, whoa, we're in for it. These guys are going to take over. And Laura, you've talked, I saw, heard you say on TV, I mean, the, the Biden administration just has so much to undo. It, it literally will probably be taught some way how not to fight a t pandemic pandemic the what the trump administration did but one of them you were quoting uh, about our outdated privacy laws undermine our ability to respond to the pandemic and american consumers refuse to use contact tracing apps tracking the disease largely due to privacy concerns so now as a scientist you must just be like a science writer anyway you know that we're, we're fighting vaccine hesitancy we're fighting you know just a lot of this stuff just outright idiocy right i'm sure you saw this naples supermarket where nobody's wearing a mask nobody and the owner is like oh 400,000 people haven't died of this and this is ridiculous and you know this does I mean just we still have this segment of COVID deniers and and anti-vaxxers to deal with don't we and that's part of what we're what we're battling right well we absolutely we have two two pronged problem we have a demand that exceeds supply so on the one side you have rich people trying to jump to the head of the line and get Moderna vaccine and that sort of thing. Um, that the most notorious is that couple in Canada 
that posed as indigenous yeah. motel workers oh, wow. to jump the line and get vaccines that were designated only for indigenous peoples in the northern provinces of Canada. Uh, but on the flip side, we have the deniers. No circumstances. Will I get vaccinated? Blah, blah, blah. And even showing up at Dodger Stadium to try and block others from having access yes. to vaccines. And so we, we have two extremes at once that authorities have to try and deal with. And after a year of disinformation, the Biden administration is struggling to get clear messaging to everybody, yeah. consistent and clear. And I must say, um, you know, it's just staggering to sit through the White House press briefings right now, because yeah. after a year, well, four years, of these absolute Looney Tunes press briefings where the president would come in and, and interrupt unexpectedly and start talking about Clorox <laughs> and <laughs> light beams down your throat. Um, now we have coherent, professional, crisp, um, well elucidated, you know, s succinct press conferences. They start on time, they end on time, the information is clear. And it is almost immediately transcribed and available for you to double check your get make sure you got the quotes right. I mean, it's like the professionals are here. Yeah. You know, yeah. the adults yeah. are in the room. Yeah. So even putting aside the details, what we already have two weeks in is clear messaging, clear professionalism, um, a, a a more than doubling in the rate of vaccination uh, available to Americans with an intention to get it tripled. Uh, very soon. An increase in commitments from all the manufacturers for the amount that they will produce and sell to America. Uh, a, a third vaccine coming online uh, and uh, more money moving to assist the states in filling the gaps and the holes in their own capacity to deliver vaccines. So, yeah. you know, it's night and day. I, I, is, now, is smiling a new experience for you, watching a Biden uh, science press conference? Is that, are you like, what is my face doing? Is this <laughs> I have to tell you, what's new experience for me is coherence. Yeah. yeah. You know, to just have a coherent message. You know, it used to so often be the case that you would be listening to a press conference out of the White House about COVID, and Deborah Burks would say one thing, and then some other person say Peter Navarro would come in and say something completely opposite. Right. And then the president would say something that was so confusing that you really didn't know what just got said. Right. And you'd end the press conference wondering, what is the White House position on this? Yeah. And now we're, it's, it's you don't not have a that problem anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's out of control. We're dealing with variants. And this is where I get all gushy about you. Uh, you've been just such a, a clarion call in the middle of all that. And I, I just hope you'll come back on with us because I, I think you're such a clear voice that we need to keep hearing from my personal bugaboo has been bill maher lately because he's supposed to be liberal i guess and last week he had on two bi biologists that seemed like vaccine hesitant they were like oh we're not going to get the moderna or the pfizer because it's new technology we don't understand it yet and you know bill's like yeah that's why i don't get a flu shot because it's last year's strain this is the last thing we need is people with giant platforms making more people vaccine hesitant when as you said we're in a race against the clock and so I just hope, you know, that you, you'll come on here in as many places as you can, because you're just such a clear, understandable voice for, for most yeah. of us as to what the actual science is and, and the urgency of this. Right. Isn't that the word? Yeah, I think putting the urgency up front and also understanding. And I keep trying to say this over and over and over again to get it drive it home. You know, you hear from Wall Street, 
a common question I get in interviews is, quote, when are we going back to normal? Yeah. And what I want everybody to understand is that normal is never coming back. Yeah. yeah. Never. You will never again do business the same way. The arts will never function the same way. Theater, movies, whatever it may be. Uh, people will never travel the same way with the same flip attitude about jumping on an airplane. Uh, everything is going to transform. It doesn't mean it'll be worse. It might in many ways be much better. Right. But you can't think, are we going to go back to what we were in 2019? No, we're going to go to a completely new reality that we will call 2022. Yeah. And the year 2021 is going to be a transition year. It's going to have a lot of bumps in the road. And, you know, everybody's going to have to stay tough. Yeah. Hold the line and listen carefully to public health uh, information. Be ready to jump if they say, oh, this resilient, this this variant defies your vaccine. You have to get revaccinated with a new booster. Yep. Just accept just it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Don't just do start it. jumping and screaming. Yep. Accept it and move ahead. Yep. You right. will eventually have restaurants again. Yes. You will eventually go to movies again. It won't be the same experience, but it might even be a better experience. Yeah. You just got to wait. It's going to be some another 12 months of this at least. Okay. Oh, boy. See, I'm such a positive person, and the fact that I love you so much, <laughs> it's a silver lining of COVID. Like, for instance, I can use this whole lo- quarantine lockdown thing. It just it, it deludes me because no one really wants to spend time with me anyway, but I can feel like I'm more popular than I am, that it's just COVID. Yeah. So there's silver linings everywhere if you look, Lori Garrett. <laughs> Thanks so much. Please come back and see us again. Okay, Stephanie. Thank All right. you. Thanks, Lori. Thanks, Lori. Bye-bye. Thanks, Lori. Bye-bye.